0: In a place known to be the land of saints and scholars, home to Saints Patrick, Bridget, and Columbo, there are those that have lived lives of heroic virtue, yet are forgotten by time. These are the stories of Ireland's forgotten treasures, told by Father Gabriel Burke. Hi, everybody. Father Gabriel Burke again here, Larney Parish, Diocese of Cloyne, in Ireland. So far, we've been looking at different people. Whose cause has gone up for canonization? Some of them have made it to blessed, and some of them are still venerable. We have looked at the Irish martyrs, and then we looked at venerable Nano Nagle, and then blessed Edmund Ignatius Rice, and today we're going to look at another venerable, that is of Catherine Macaulay. Now Catherine was born in to a wealthy family in 1778. There's a bit. Of uh, a thing about her name because her father is actually down on her birth cert as Macaulay, G-A-U-L-E-Y. But when he died, her mother strangely changed the name to Macaulay with a C. Now, in 1742, Dublin, that Catherine was born into, was the second city of the Empire, that is, the British Empire. And It had these beautiful squares. It had Grattan's Parliament, which you can still see today, the centre of Dublin. And it had a lot of wealth. But it also had some of the biggest slums in Europe. And it had great poverty. And this is the Dublin that Catherine Macaulay was born into. She was also born into a place where it was no longer viable to be Catholics, that there were so many laws and the penal laws against Catholics. Now, Catherine was born on September the 29th in 1778 in Stormans Town House in Dublin. She was the eldest of three children of James McGawley and his wife Eleanor Conway. Catherine was brought up in this well-to-do family and <clears throat> she saw around her the, the great poverty that was there. In Catherine's case, she lived a good life. like, And this seems to be a pattern among the last Two that we've done. We've seen the same with Nanonagel, born into a wealthy family. Blessed Edmund Rice, born into a middle-class farming family, but became very wealthy through his business in shipping. And here we are now again with Catherine McCullough, who is born into a well-to-do family in Dublin. However, her father died in 1783, and her mother died in 1798. So Catherine went to live first with her uncle, and later joined her brother James and sister at the home of William Armstrong, another relative. And both of those relatives were Protestant. So in 1803, she became the household manager and companion of William and Catherine Callan, who were elderly and childless again, Protestant family, and they lived on an estate in Kulak, which used to be in County Dublin, but is now a massive, big housing estate on the north side of Dublin. And she gave them, for many years, catecathically instructions to the household servants and to the poor children. The Callaghan's were raised as Quakers, and they died in 1819, or the woman did, Catherine, and her husband, William, died in 1822. And lo and behold, Catherine was the sole beneficiary of their wealth. After inheriting that a lot of money, she chose to build a house where she and other compassionate women could take on homeless women and children, which is still there, in Baggett Street. Now, Baggett Street was actually a well-to-do part of the city. So here she was building this fine building for women and children in a lovely well-to-do area. And that would be the hallmark of um, Catherine, that she would always give the best to the poor. There was no half-heartedness. And some women came along and they helped. And their Priest that helped the most was a famous Father Blake, who was a doctor of theology. They refurbished the house. They brought in education and new methods of education. And then on the Feast of Our Lady of Mercy in 1827, the 24th of September, this new institution was opened. And it was a place for destitute women and their children. And it was a school. Uh, for the poor. For three years, Catherine and her f- companions continued to work here, and they were lay women, And she had never intended to find a religious order. But, you know, with the help of the Archbishop of Dublin, because he was afraid that, you know, this would start, but where would it go when Catherine died and the people that were with her? So they began to wear a distinct dress in their institution. And it was a black dress and a cape with a belt and a white collar and a lace cap. And this was how they dressed when they went around doing their business. And the little community became known as the Sisters of Church, of Mercy. So then they had help from the Carmelites and the first, actually the first number of Mercy Sisters who died were actually buried in the Carmelite Church in Dublin, the OCDs the Discalced Carmelites and they took on their spirituality and then they helped uh, they wanted to be the same as the Sisters of Charity so between the two, that was their two basic spiritualities the Carmelite and Vincent de Paul's Sisters of Charity. At this time, Catherine still hadn't any inclination of founding an order. She was quite happy the way they were, but on the insistence of her clerical advisers, they decided, the two other women, that they would enter the novitiate of the presentation order, Nano Nagel's order. So they learned how to be sisters from the presentation orders. And then on the 12th of December in 1831, they professed themselves in the House of Mercy, as it was called, Sisters of Mercy. So that is the founding of their um, religious community. And the sisters always have this lovely painting of Our Lady of Mercy, um, which was given to them by the Pope when they were wondering about what way they should do and their names and all that, he sent them this painting, which had been in Rome. So it's from there on that they become the Sisters of Mercy and Archbishop Daniel Murphy uh, helped them in founding their order and in giving them their rules and constitution. Then in 1832, a cholera epidemic broke out in Dublin And Catherine agreed to staff a cholera hospital. And then she opened up between 1831 and 1841. She founded convents in Tullamore, Charleville, Cork, Carran, Galway, Limerick, Burr, Bermonstie and Birmingham, and houses in Kingstown and Booterstown. And I remember years ago, I was the last chaplain to the Sisters of Mercy in Macroom. And I went to their mother house of our diocese, which was Charleville, which was one of the houses founded by Catherine Macaulay. And I said to the nuns, I said, when Catherine sent you, what did she give you to set up the order? And they looked at the things and they said, they gave her, she gave them a crucifix. And that was it. And the sisters were to build everything up themselves. And they did. They built a fine convent and a fine school for girls in Charleville. And as I say, the Pope then gave them a a painting in 1841. Like Nanoneagle, Catherine Macaulay died of tuberculosis, and she died on the 11th of November in 1841 in the House of Mercy in Baggett Street. And by that time, at the age of 63, there were 100 convents or 100 sisters in 10 convents of mercy. Again, the mercy sisters were like the presentation sisters. They were diocesan. Well, actually, first each house was independent. And then in 1922, they formed diocesan congregations. And only in 1990, in the 1990s, did they become a religious congregation here in Ireland. They became the congregation of the religious Sisters of Mercy. So she has a huge legacy of schools, hospitals and homes for women. And the thing about the Sisters of Mercy was they took the usual vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. But they took a fourth vow of serving the poorest of the poor. And so their vocation has always been to the poor. And they have a number of hospitals here in Ireland. One of the oldest ones is the Matter Hospital in Dublin, or to give her it its proper full name, the Matter Misericordiae, the Mother of Mercy Hospital. And here in Cork, they have the Mercy Hospital. They had another hospital in Dunleary, which became um, the National Rehabilitation Center. But they had schools all over the country. And they had homes for girls who were pregnant and, and magdalene laundries and things like that. And that again, but again, we're looking at a woman who lives in a well-to-do life could have enjoyed the great things in life, could have gone to parties, soirees, could have been involved in all these lovely things that the well-heeled women usually do. She doesn't. Again, we have a person who gives up a wonderful life and lives a poor life herself. And it took her a while to figure out what was God calling? What did he want me to do? He wants me to help the poor. How does he want me to help the poor? And with the wise decision of her spiritual directors and the Archbishop of Dublin, she develops the Sisters of Mercy. And they will continue her work up to the present day. And again, like many of the religious orders in Ireland, in Ireland we don't have too many sisters left. But in foreign countries, in Africa and in India, they're thriving with vocations. And there is one branch of the Sisters of Mercy in the United States that when the Sisters of Mercy were forming a congregation in the 1970s in the U.S. of A. They decided to stay out of it. And they are the Sisters of Mercy, of Alma, the Diocese of Alma. And the funny thing is that whereas the Sisters of Mercy in Ireland and Britain and in the United States, their numbers are going down, the Sisters of Mercy of Alma are expanding. They have houses now in a couple of states in the United States. They have houses in Rome. They have houses in Germany. They're waiting. They're just waiting for some bishop to invite them into Ireland. And I think the reason why they're doing so well is because they wear a habit. They live in community. They live their poverty, chastity and obedience. And just like Catherine Macaulay, they still have the fourth vow vow for the poorest of the poor. Their habit is a modern one, so you're not going to see all the wimples and all that, but it is a habit. And they talk about themselves as in service to Christ. So you can watch the the website of the Sisters of Mercy of Alma. You can't mistake that they are Catholic sisters. You can't mistake that they're spouses of Christ. There's nothing New Age or Woke about them. Unfortunately, if you were to look at the Sisters of Mercy's site, on the other hand, you find a lot of New ages and woke room. So there is a future for religious, even in Ireland. But they have to be religious. There's no point being bachelor men or spinster women in groups. You need to have the fire of a vocation and of love. And that's what Catherine Macaulay gave. She gave a community. And she fired it with love, but love for the poorest of the poor. And that they were to sacrifice their lives for the poor. You present that to any young woman today and you'll have vocations. Young people love sacrifice. They love and they want somewhere to put that energy that they have. And it's in a religious order that you can find that. Somebody who's willing to sacrifice their life for love of people they don't even know. They've never met. But it's the love of God which urges them on. And may Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The preceding program was a Spirit of Truth Radio Arts original production in partnership with Salt and Light Catholic Radio. To find out more about the Spirit of Truth radio arts, go to their website at www.castingthe.net.